Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. If you're taking down notes today, uh, my title uh, for today's message is called What We Forget About Christmas. What We Forget About Christmas. And uh, the truth is this, that even in these uh, uncertain times that we're living in, uh, there's so much chit-chat and chatter. Uh, No doubt those of you who uh, are going to work, I'm not sure if everyone's already working from home or maybe you're still sneaking into the office uh, and uh, preferring to work that way. That's that's all fine. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of... uh, you know, pantry chatter, uh, some, uh, you know, how's your weekends and stuff like that. And uh, no doubt, a lot of uh, chit-chat now will be shifting from the weather to holiday talk. What are you doing over the holidays? What are plans over the holidays? Uh, And uh, no doubt, we'll be hearing, you know, whether in person or even in the news or even just, you know, just in the back of our heads, you know, people whispering, people saying things uh, like, oh, no, I hope they don't uh, have a lockdown this year. I hope no Christmas is not cancelled, etc. And it's so important for us as believers, you know, uh, to not only be mindful of what we say, but to also remember that truly Christmas cannot be cancelled. You know, because, you know, Christmas, don't get me wrong, a lot of people, when they say that, what they mean, they don't mean that, you know, Christmas is cancelled in in any way cancel is, you know, defined, uh, but they mean like, you know, uh, family gatherings won't be happening and, and they can't go out to meet friends and stuff like that. But friends, I want to encourage you and remind us that Christmas is more than just family gatherings. It's great together and it's good to, to be, you know, uh, having a meal over the table. Uh, and uh, But Christmas is so much more than, than family gathering. Christmas is so much more than presents. Christmas is so much more than shopping. Christmas is so much more than that. And so I want to bring us to this message to remind us again, you know, things that maybe we have forgotten about Christmas. And no, don't worry, I will not say the cheesy thing, even though I'm about to say it, that Jesus is the reason for the season. He is the reason for the season, but this will not be the main focus. Okay, we will be focusing on Jesus, but you know, it won't be as elementary as that, as, as just remembering Jesus, remembering Jesus. But, but I hope to help us dive into, you know, the true power of Christmas and, 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 and let it liberate us and let it change the way we think and the way we live. Amen? And so, you know, if you have a Bible with you, would you turn with me to two particular scriptures? We're going to read uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 33. And then we're going to read Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 16. Uh, Let's turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 33 first. And before we read the word, let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. It is living. And Lord, it, it revives us. It gives us strength. And God, we pray that even as we are reading from your word in a while, Lord, we want to hear from you. So would you speak through your word, Lord, and and speak through our time together. As we study your word, as we expand your word, we want to hear your voice. Lord, we want to be changed by, by you, Lord. Would you come and give us more than just head knowledge today, but give us a real heart change. And Lord, transform us from the inside out so that we better reflect you and better live for you and better trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 33. If you're there, can I hear a good amen? Amen. amen. Wonderful. And uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, never fear. We've got your back. More like XTV's got your back. Uh, so, and we have it flashed up on the screen. So let's read it together, shall we? Now, in the sixth month, 
The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Amen. Praise God. And of course, he goes on to, 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 you know, talk about what we just shared earlier on during ministry time, that it's not the how, but it's the who that is the most important. Amen. And so I want us to meditate on that. We will revisit that. And then now let's turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 16. Is that okay? We're going to do some reading first, and then we're going to talk. All right. Luke 2, 8 to 16. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Amen. Praise God. God bless the reading of His Word. No, like I said earlier on, you know, do not be discouraged uh, if your travel plans, your party plans, uh, uh, or any plans is affected because Christmas truly is so much more than this. And I want to share with us three things uh, on what Christmas is about. Three things that maybe we overlook. Three things that we forget. And I hope that these three things... Um, now that it returns into your heart and your soul, it will give you strength, it will give you a new perspective and a new joy for the new year. Amen? Praise God. So point number one is this. You know, what we forget about Christmas is that Christmas is about the celebration of God. The celebration of God. It's not a celebration of God. It is the celebration of God. Amen? You know, it's important for us as Christians to go like, you know, to, to know kind of like what is expected of us. Because, you know, when you, when you go to a party uh, and it's a party, you're expected to have fun. If you go to a funeral, you're expected to be sad, right? And so you don't go to a funeral expecting to have fun. 
and you don't go to a party expecting to be sad. And so when you know what is expected of you uh, and you approach it with the right uh, attitude, the right emotion, uh, you're going to be an encouragement. You're going to be, you know, uh, you're going to celebrate with those that celebrate and you're going to mourn with those that that mourn. You're going to be an encouragement. You're going to be of use. And and one thing about Christmas is it is the celebration of God. It is a festival of celebration. You know, when it comes to Easter, you know, it is a a time to remember because Easter is always, you know, not always, it is tied to Jesus on the cross. And before Jesus went to the cross, you know, he, he, you know, instituted the Last Supper. And what, what do we know about the Last Supper? You know, do this in celebration. Do this in remembrance. And so, Easter is about remembering. And so, when we enter into Easter, remembering what God has done for us, remembering the price He has paid, remembering that He rose again, wow, we're going to get, we're going to be so encouraged. We're going to get the most out of Easter. But do you know how you get the most out of Christmas? You celebrate. You celebrate. Because it is about the coming of God. It is not just celebrating that God came. It's celebrating God. Because, you know, uh, if you don't believe me, in the two scriptures that we just read, how, how did the angels approach it, right? And, 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 and that sets the tone. The angels, in verse 28, approached Mary. Before Mary was told anything else, the angel says, Rejoice! Rejoice! That means celebrate, Mary, celebrate. Well, wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be amazing if, you know, I come up to you and even before I ask for your name or ask how your week has been, I just go like, you know, Jillian, celebrate. Jillian's going to be like, oh, wow, good news is coming. Good news is coming, you know, either for me or for you or, or together or yay. Uh, and, and that was the angel setting the tone, celebrate mankind, celebrate. You have no idea what's coming. You have no idea how much you're loved. Celebrate, you know. And then it's repeated again when the angels appeared to the shepherds. And the shepherds were told, you know, you know I bring you good tidings of great joy. You know, that's a very old English way of saying, I bring you the best news, the greatest news, guys. You know, can you imagine if we're just here and then, you know, somebody pops open the door and go like, great news, guys. All of us will be like, wow, what, what great news. You know, and maybe he's like, I won the lottery. And then we'll be like, yay, lunch is on you. Remember the tithe. No, 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 I'll, I'll say that. But, you know, and, 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 and so it's so important for us to enter this season with, with an attitude to celebrate. But, but this is what we need to understand. A lot of you are going like, yeah, I know, I know. We celebrate, of course we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate that Jesus came. No, no, no. This is where we miss the point. Today, we celebrate that Jesus came. And that is an f- amazing, worthy, absolute thing to celebrate that God came. Amen? But the thing is this. We have the benefit of history. We, we, we are time travelers really looking at this because today we know, we celebrate not only that Jesus came, but we celebrate the whole thing. He came, He conquered, and, and He lives forevermore, right? So we're celebrating. It, it, it's, like, it's like, you know, uh, uh, you telling someone that, yeah, yeah that's going to be a good film because you've watched it. But it's, it's even bigger to go like, I haven't watched this film yet, but I just believe that it's going to be great. And, and, and what we forget that Christmas is a celebration of God and, and, and not just of 
the coming of Christ, but it's also a celebration of what God was going to do. Because let's come back again, you know, to verse in Luke chapter 1, verse 31. It was, it was told to Mary, celebrate because you will conceive. And in verse 32, because the, the one in your belly, the one that you will carry the full term, he will be great and he will be called the Son of God. And verse 33, Luke chapter 1, and he will reign. Do, do you see what the celebration is? It's not a celebration, you know, celebrate because God has already, no, no, celebrate because God will. God will. Friends, in this Christmas, as we celebrate what God has done, let's also not forget to celebrate what God will do. Friends, do you understand? That's what Christmas is about. You know, and, and the same thing that the shepherds were told that, that you today, uh, the, the Lord, you know, Christ is born, a Savior is born to you, Christ the Lord. But you will find a young baby. No, is the baby the Savior yet? Has he conquered the cross yet? Not yet. But he's already celebrated. Do you see how God wants us to approach? Do you see the attitude of God? You know, because if you only celebrate what has already happened, there's not a lot of faith there. It just takes good memory. You don't need to have faith to celebrate what God has done. You just need to remember. But it takes faith to celebrate what God will do. And the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so in this Christmas, the worst thing is this, that we're celebrating with an Easter mentality. We're celebrating remembering what God has done. But, but that's like going, you know, to, to, you know, going to a funeral to, to celebrate. No, no, it, it, you, can't, you can't do that. In this Christmas, let us, let us not forget to, to, to celebrate it the way that God commands us to celebrate it, which is, is the celebration of God. And, and, and why is it a celebration of God? Because I don't want us to be Christians that are that's hooked up on, on the stuff that will come. Because it's a celebration of God who was and will be. This is the real celebration of Christmas. It's a celebration of God who was born and who will be Savior of the world. And I hope that this will help us to process this, uh, you know, this season. Because Christmas, I believe that God designed Christmas to be, you know, I know this is technically, I know we're all mature here. You know that the 25th of December is not the actual day uh, that Jesus was born. Newsflash, just in case you don't know, or spoiler alert. Uh, but it is a symbolic day. It is a day that, that, the, that no, the, the church over the centuries, the church fathers have decided to say that, let's just use this day to remember. Uh, but, but, you know, but the truth is this, I believe that even though it was a man-chosen date, I believe that God was in that decision uh, because, you know, it's no coincidence that at the end of the year, it's also a time for us to reflect for the year that has happened, and for us to also prepare and hope for the new year. And what better time to, to, to come into the new year thanking God for what He has done and celebrating Him in advance. Thanking Him in advance. Rejoicing in advance. Celebrating the good news in advance. Celebrating the promotion in advance. Celebrating the job in advance. Celebrating that visa in advance. Celebrating that salvation in advance. Am I speaking to some people here today? Celebrating that healing in advance and saying that, God, I thank you for Christmas because this is why we can celebrate. 
Right? Why can we so boldly declare, you know, the salvation will happen, the healing will happen because, because of this, because of this. Because we serve a God, because we celebrate a God who loved us so much that He did not spare the gift of His only Son. Which means that in the future, if you're praying and you're hoping and you're applying and you're working and things don't go your way as you imagine it, can I remind you of the who? The who you serve is the one that didn't hold back his son. Which means, which, and, and, and Jesus is the best. Just in case you don't know that, just in case you, you only remember one thing in this entire sermon, write down, Jesus is the best. Okay? North, south, east, west, Jesus is the best. Okay, cool. That, that sounds like a camp chair. Uh, but, but, you know, that's true. Jesus is the best. And so we serve a God who does not withhold the best. So when he withholds, that's not the best. So when that promotion doesn't come, chill. That's not the best. Because the God who didn't withhold the best in, his form, in, in the form of his son Jesus, do you think he will withhold whatever is good for you, from you? No, he will only withhold the bad. Because if he gave to you, do you understand, friends? This is the God we serve. This is why, this is why I say, we, we, no, this is why I mean by Jesus is a celebration of God. This is the God we serve. They gave his son. And so for all things that has happened, we can thank Jesus. And for all things to come, we can thank Jesus. And we process it through the lens of Jesus. And so if you're praying for a healing, and it could be a good prayer, a genuine prayer. But for some reason, that healing doesn't come in the form that you expect. It doesn't mean that God's not real. It just means that that imagination of, of that kind of healing, that kind of miracle, that kind of breakthrough, that kind of testament that you imagined, that wasn't the best for you. And God has a better plan. And some of us, we, we don't like to accept that because we, we only want our best. But friends, this is why you need to remember, it's Jesus. You are not God. It's Jesus. And some of us here, we, we, we want, you know, uh, uh, for example, we're praying for a mountain of an obstacle in our lives and we want it to be removed. And we cannot imagine climbing that mountain. So we only pray, God, remove it in Jesus' name. Remove it, remove it, remove it, remove it. And God doesn't remove it. Doesn't mean that God doesn't hear you. It means that God is saying that the best is that you climb that mountain. Because there is a better testimony by you climbing than for that mountain to be removed. Am, am I speaking to some people here today? Am I making sense to you today? So Christmas is a celebration of God. This is the type of God we serve, that He will come in person to show us how much He loves us. And not only that, it's also a celebration of what He will do. Amen? So, you know, let, you know <laughs> I know in America, they celebrate Thanksgiving first, and then Christmas. Maybe, you know, as Christians, we got to, you know, celebrate Christmas. And then we, we have, you know, Thanksgiving in advance. And I would go like, God, you know, thank you for Christmas and thank you for the year to come. Amen. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So Christmas is a celebration of God. Now tell your neighbor, God's got your back. Amen. Tell your other neighbor, it says, God's got your front. Amen. Amen. He's got your back. Because Jesus came. Came. 
already came. He's got your back because the cross is behind you. He's got your back because the price has been paid. What's in front? Don't worry. God's got it as well. Amen? If He can take care of your back so beautifully, so perfectly, do you think He's going to shortchange you for the future? No. So we need to adjust our perception of God and we need to come back to the place of celebrating. Amen? Don't just celebrate God for stuff. Don't just celebrate God for what He will do. Celebrate Him. Amen? And then all these things will make sense. Point number two is this. Christmas is about the inclusiveness of God. Christmas is a time where we celebrate God. God we serve is so good. And I can trust Him in my future. Trust Him in my present. But Christmas is also a time where we remember the inclusiveness of God. God is so inclusive. And this is so powerful for us. Because... You know, when we read the scripture, we go like, yeah, and, and, and the angel appeared to, to, to Mary and, and the shepherds and, and all these things. And we kind of have it in like our little nativity set and scene and, and stuff like that. Um, and, and we forget that actually that the, 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 the witnesses that God chose uh, was also to convey not just, you know, uh, um, how he would come, but who he would come for. And, and we live in a, in a society that even though many thousands of years have passed since the first Christmas, but we live in a society that is equally prejudiced, don't we? You know, don't raise your hands, but, but how many of you here, you felt even though you've come to, to, to study and work here, or maybe you were born here, but, but there are times where you still feel like an outcast, yeah? You still feel like you don't belong. You still feel like you're the weird one. You still feel like people misunderstand you. You still feel like the foreign one. You still feel like the odd one out. And how did Jesus come? Or maybe who did Jesus come for? Let me put this way. Let me explain to you the inclusiveness of God. The first witnesses of the birth of Christ were women and the working class. And this, don't forget, the context of the first Christmas is this was the ancient times where class mattered. Where, where, you know, if you, if, you know, women, if you think that, and don't get me wrong, the world is still messed up. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure for a lot of our, uh, you know, sisters here, you know, you've, you've experienced, you know, uh, sexist treatments. But in ancient times, this was even more unbearable. And, and, and it was such a patriarchal society where men made the major decisions. And yet when Jesus came, he didn't appear to the man first. He didn't appear to Joseph first and go like, hey, Joe, I'm going to be borrowing your fiance for a very important task. And because we live in a male-dominated society, I thought I would check with you first, Joe. No, no, no. Went straight to Mary. Do you know how upside down this is in ancient times? But that shows the inclusive that God is saying that I, I have come to upset the status quo. I have come to turn things around. The elite think that they have it all. The religious caste think that they have all the power. The men think that they have full dominion. But God is saying that when I come to move, I move in the way that I want to move. And so, to, to, to bring a real shock to the system, you see, for us, in modern day, we read this and say, fine, you know, you know, both genders are equal, you know, women's rights. Yeah, true, no, nothing wrong with that. But we forget that in those times, that wasn't. 
And this was such a shocking statement. And God was making a statement. And who did he appear to? The working class, the shepherds. And also Joseph, carpenter. He wasn't, he wasn't like CEO Joseph. He was carpenter Joseph. These were shepherds. You know, they were taking care of sheep in, in, out in the middle of the night. That's not a, a high status job. It was a low status job. And yet the witnesses that Jesus chose were the ones that other people wouldn't consider. The other people would say that you do the things that I don't want to do. I don't want to work in the middle of the night. Do you know, you know, to, to, to flip it up, I don't know whether I should say this or not, but I'm trying to think of what's like a modern day equivalent of like, you know, shepherds working in the middle of the night. I don't know, you know, people working in the Amazon factory. Ooh, ouch, okay, political. Let's not go there. But, but you know what I'm saying? That, that, that when God came, we forget that He turned the system upside down. It's not just how wide God loves you, but how deep. From the lowest can you imagine God appearing and using the lowest and not just that, inviting, inviting them to come near. How many of you were, were invited when, you know, the youngest crown prince, Prince George, was born? How many of you were there? Anyone? Anyone here? Who, who got the invite? You didn't get the invite? <sighs> come on, guys. No, I didn't get the invite too. I didn't, right? And we understand. Could you just go like, uh, excuse me, because I'm a taxpayer. I heard the youngest one was born. Knock, knock, Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Put on the kettle, here I come. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. The shepherds could. See how, how much God loved. God not only appeared and, and used those that the society deemed to be low, for his great purpose, he invited them in. This was Jesus telegraphing the type of ministry he was going to have, friends. And, and so, in this Christmas lens, if you feel excluded, if you feel for whatever reason excluded due to your background, due to your skin color, due to your culture, due to your whatever, your accent, due to your bank account, you feel excluded, please know that God doesn't exclude you. And that Christmas is a celebration of God including those that society has rejected. Why do you think we went out to do Christmas cheer? To tell those that feel like nobody cares that we care, somebody cares, that we see you as a human being. We love you as a brother. We love you as a sister. And there's a God who loves you so much more than us. Amen? The inclusiveness of God. Amen? That's, that's what Christianity is. Isn't that powerful? Amen? And, and if this wasn't enough proof for you, all of this, the angels appear. Everything happened. Bethlehem. Right? Not Jerusalem, where the capital was where the high priest was, where the Pharisees was. You see the class system? Where the businesses, where the tax collectors, no, Bethlehem. Do you know, real talk here, how far Bethlehem is from Jerusalem? 9.5 kilometers. Some of us who live in London, 9.5 kilometers is just your morning walk to work. 
is an average of 20 minutes drive. I know, because I Googled it. Not to say I live in Israel, but you know, I Googled it, you know, if I was to drive from Jerusalem, 20 minutes. Do, do you see the intentional statement of God? 9.5 kilometers away. And, and Jesus, you know, his birth was proclaimed 9.5 kilometers away. It wasn't like the angels go like, you know what, I re- we, we, no, people in Jerusalem really need to know. You know, the temple, you know, the temple priests have been working so hard, you know, they really need to know. But it's 900 kilometers. No, it's not. It's 9.5, 20 minutes walk. And yet God intentionally chose to reveal to the woman and the working class in the small town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem at the time had a, had a, a, a kind of like a, a nickname. It was called City of David, but it was also sheep country because David, who was a shepherd boy, and that was his hometown. Then later when he became king, he was Jerusalem, right? But his hometown was sheep country. What's sheep country in this country? Don't name, don't let's not, you know. <laughs> but you know, right? We make fun of sheep country in a lo- loving way. Like, oh, nothing there except sheep, right? That's why some, you know, I won't name names. We have uh, online homes now. And uh, we have uh, one, one church member working in some place that is sheep country, <laughs> And, uh, you know, hard for him to find community, but thank God for internet, he could join us for online homes. You know, even, even in the world today, we make fun. Sheep country, New Zealand. Sheep country, more sheep than people. Oh, New Zealand, ends of the earth. Yeah, 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 ends of the earth. You know why? Because sheep, they smelly. <laughs> right? Back then, there was like, you no know, poop, real, real talk. That's why I had to be a little bit further away. And back then, 9.5 kilometers was far away. Because smell can't travel 9.5 kilometers. And yet Jesus was born in a place where people considered low. This is a statement of God of His inclusive nature. So no matter our background, Jesus doesn't turn us away. Point number three is this. This is the most obvious. The love of God. The love of God. Christmas is about the love of God. Jesus came. Sometimes we forget how big a price Jesus, just by coming. We remember the price He paid on the cross. But do you know just by coming? Just by being born? I was watching a documentary the other day with uh, Pastor Cat, and uh, it was a documentary about the royal family. And uh, they were talking about how, uh, no, that's why I know that you know, the George is the youngest one. And uh, someone who happens to share the same birthday as me, true story, birth date, not the year, um, I'm the same age as, the, as Prince William, but same birth date as Prince Harry. So, in, in, not, nothing, I'm not, I'm not connected to them in any way except for birthdays, okay? Um, and people, I was watching a documentary and they go like, oh wow, you know, Prince Harry, for love, for love, for love. And I said it in a respectful way, just in case the royals are listening. And uh, just in case they want to come to church. And, you know, if they want to, you know, knight me one day, I will not say no. Uh, even though I know that's impossible because I'm not a citizen. But, you know, but, but as I'm saying this, you know, we, we celebrate, right? I mean, true story, we celebrate. Wow, Prince Harry for wife, right? For the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, uh, would leave, Right? The, the, the comfort of the royal family. Who we'll leave and people will say, wow, true love, true love. Leave. That's not 
real sacrifice because they're living a good life in wherever they're living right now. Um, we heard that gave up palace support, but then followed by a six million Netflix deal <laughs> to, for them to produce and to do things, you know. Uh, so I'm not knocking them down, you know, great. I'm, I'm sure for them it is a sacrifice. And growing up royal, maybe their entire life is a sacrifice because you're hounded by paparazzis all the time. You can't have a bad day, then people will say, why is the prince frowning? So I, I feel for them. But as much as that kind of sacrifice was, it's nothing compared to what King Jesus sacrificed. And, and he gave up the highest throne to come to the lowest valley of humanity. He gave that all up. That's God's love for us. I'm not sure if I can, you know, explain it, but hopefully what I'm about to read to us will help. Uh, I was certainly reminded as I was praying for this message a little, I'm not sure it's a poem or whatever, but it's a little something I wrote in 2016 when I, you know, and uh, it's about Christmas. I think I might have shared a portion of this when I preached all the way back in Christmas season 2016. I think most of you were not there. Uh, but it goes like this, you know, I've, I've edited it a bit as I found my own notes. So I've changed my grammar a little. Hopefully this sounds a little bit more. Okay, 2016, this is 2016 David Yao. Let's see if he, he can be a blessing. The first Christmas, God came for thee. The omnipotent making himself dependent. The unbreakable became vulnerable. He who created the universe with one word became himself an embryo who knew no words. God became fetus he who never sleeps, slumbered for nine months, growing eyes, elbows, and tiny little feet. Angels watched as Jesus was pushed out. Angels watched as Jesus took his first breath in. Angels watched as Jesus in swaddling clothes was wrapped. Were it not for shepherds, there would have been no visitors were it not for stargazers, there would no, have been no gifts. No room, no hype, no festivity, no party. The first Christmas, God came for thee. That's Jesus. That's how much He came. We don't understand. We don't understand what it meant for the Word of God to learn words. But he did it for us. Because for the cross to be complete, God had to be fully man and fully God. He gave it all up, friends. No amount of earthly representation of sacrificial love, whether it's a prince giving up the throne or a claim to, you know, whatever, uh, to, to go for a bride, none of that. It, it, it can remind us, but it's nowhere near. It's nowhere near. Amen. Yeah, yesterday we were talking, and I hope Tiong doesn't mind me borrowing this. And 
And Tiong was preaching in Bristol, our ex-church coordinator, Tiong. And, uh, you know, with a lighter note, I'll, I'll end this. And uh, he mentioned that, do you know that uh, K-drama, Korean drama, has a certain formula. And that formula, he says, is really the gospel being told. He starts with a young man in love with a young girl. But that young girl rejects that young man. Instead, always falls for the bad boy. The one that doesn't treat her well. And yet, she pines for his attention. The bad boy who, I don't know, you know, wears the leather jacket and all that. You know, bad boy image, whatever it is. And, uh, and so, but the one that, the, the, the young man that loves the girl never gives up. He's always there. No matter how many times he's understood, he's always there. No matter how many times the bad boy breaks the girl's heart, he's always there. And somehow there will be a plot twist. The girl will either get into an accident or a family member in need of major surgery. And then the bad boy goes like, who do you think you are? Get away from me. And then the good guy will always have to sacrifice. He will either have to give up his dream, sell his kidney, sell off his business, give up his dream, to pay the price for that sacrifice, for that expensive uh, medical procedure. He will give his eyes for the girl so that, you know, if it meant the girl can see and he will never be able to see her for the rest of his life, he will do it. And we all love it. Do you know that K-drama is just copying the Bible? K-drama is just copying the gospel. Amen. God loves us and yet we refuse Him. We fall in for the bad boy, the leather jacket wearing serpent. And no matter how good God has been, we crave the attention for the bad guy. Only to realize that when we really need help, the bad guy doesn't come. And the one that's always been there never leaves. And the one that's always been there sacrifice. And even this story, you know, full credit, copyright, Jong, ex-Bristol coordinator. <laughs> I'm just boring in advance. He can probably tell it better than me. Even this is a pale comparison to what God has done. Because truly, God gave us the highest throne to become human, to live among us, to love us, save us, sacrifice, so that we, our sins, our mess, our problems, our self-inflicted wounds can be healed, washed, and we can set free, be set free from sin and all the mess. That is Christianity. That is the love of God. And when you put it all together, Christmas is about the celebration of God. Christmas is about the inclusiveness of God. Christmas is about the love of God. Christmas is about, it's a celebration of the inclusive love of God. That's what Christmas is. Amen? And I pray that we never forget that. May this story that we revisit every year never grow cold and never grow old. May we look at it with fresh eyes led by the Holy Spirit each time and begin to appreciate how, how much God loves us and how much more He has in store for us. And may we never forget 
how much He loves us and how inviting God is for us to be connected to Him and how much God loves us, how much He sacrificed. Before the cross, Jesus already sacrificed. Amen. Well, how can we, what can we do? What can we do except say thank you and receive this gift? That's really the best thing you can do. Have you ever loved someone so much? A friend, a family member, you know, and you, you just love them so much that you just bought them like the best gift? And, uh, you know, I, I'm bad. I'm trying to change. Uh, Pastor Cat loves uh, showing love language to me through gifts. Uh, I like showing it to her through acts of service. Uh, but she likes gifts too, so maybe I need to give more gifts to her. Uh, you know, she likes everything, I'm sure. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> she likes words and gifts and time. and You know, it's all, all good. All of us have different love language. But when it comes to gifts, right, uh, maybe some of us are like me. You know, when she gives me, not just her, anyone, anyone. Even when the church tries to give me something, I'll be like, no, 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 please, I can't. No, 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 please take it back. And, 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 and I mean it in my heart because I don't feel that I am worthy. I truly don't feel that I'm worthy. And, and sometimes we take our time to say yes to Jesus because in our heart of hearts, we, we, we cannot accept this extravagant love of God because we know that we are not worthy. But Pastor Kat has told me many times, she said, do you know the best thing you can do when someone buys you an expensive gift? I go like, what? <laughs> As I'm saying no to her for the 50th time. No. Can you just, do you know the best thing you can do? What? Say thank you. And accept it. And, and we've all been there before, haven't we? That we wrap something up and we don't give it to someone. And go like, no, 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 no. I cannot. No, 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 no. And we go like, can you just say thank you and just accept it? Do, do, can you just, because every time they say no, you're reminded of, do you not know like the, the, the traffic jam I had to go through, the, the human crowds I had to, do you know how much I had to save up to get you this? Can you just accept it? And of course, God doesn't say to us that way. God doesn't go accept it and thank you. I wish it did sometimes because then all of us would be saved. Can you imagine you're minding your own business and then suddenly the voice of God comes and goes like, can you just accept it and thank me? All of us will go like, yes, Lord. <laughs> Don't strike me dead, Lord. But that's another layer to God's love. Because when you truly, truly love someone, you don't even want to know how much you sacrifice. That's why most of us, we don't really know how much our parents sacrifice. Because they don't tell us. Because when you really love someone, you, don't, you, you swallow the cost. You know, those that tell you, I hope you like it. Do you know how much I went through? You better like it. You better eat the cake and like it. And people who do that, even though they started with love, they definitely did not end with love. But Jesus came as a baby. Not a single word said, how much sacrifice. How weighty that love. And all that we are asked to do, the right response to the gift of God is to say thank you and I receive it. I wonder how many people here today would say thank you, Jesus, 
I receive it. I receive your love because that's all I can do. The gift of God, salvation, it's a gift. And like every gift, there's a price that's paid. And we think the cross is only, that's only one part of the price. The other part of the price is giving up. For some of us here who've been blessed enough to fly business class or first class or get upgraded by accident, the following flight when you go back to economy, you, you experience what drug addicts feels like. It's called withdrawal. And that's just business class to economy class. What about the throne of heaven? We sang today that the elders cast their crowns. The angels sing and surround that throne. Jesus didn't go from first class to business class or business class to economy. Jesus left the throne of heaven for the manger. And the angel says, rejoice. That's the love of God. That's the love of God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you love us. Thank you, Lord, that you are more than our words can express good. You are beautiful. You are magnificent. You are generous. You are kind, compassionate, merciful, pure, righteous, highly exalted, compassionate. Thank you for loving us with, with a heavenly obsession. And Lord, we know we are not worthy. But Lord, all that we can say right now is thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And we accept you. We accept your love. In fact, thank you, Jesus, for accepting us. Sometimes we think that we invite Jesus into our hearts not realizing that Jesus was the one that invited us first he invited us first he reached out first he loved first he died first he chose you first before you even knew how to choose Him. That is the God we serve. The beautiful Saviour. The Almighty God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, Thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.